another episode. Actually, Matt, this is kind of depressing, but the the penultimate uh, regular format episode of the show. Are are you sad? I am a little sad, Bob, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, if they were doing 26 episodes, it'd be such a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, of both shows, of both shows. Uh, we're talking uh, Legion of Superheroes versus Star Trek Strange New Worlds. As you may or may not know, Legion of Superheroes ends season two. So we will wrap that up in the weeks after Strange New Worlds season two wraps up. And then, uh, yeah, when Strange New Worlds season three comes back, uh, which I believe we know it will, I believe it's been renewed, we'll probably just be covering Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So this evening we're talking... In the beginning, the Legion Season 2, Episode 9, originally aired on the 8th of March, 2008, and the musical episode, Subspace Rhapsody, originally appeared on August 3rd, 2023. Matt, do you want to walk us through the plot of the Legion episode in the beginning? Sure, so Brainiac 5 tells Superboy X the origin of the Legion in saving R.J. Brand while they voyage to save Brand from Grimdor, the, the Chainsman, and the Three Founders Bicker. Yes, yes. I forgot the, the E in Chainsman. It's... Uh... Really, really messing up Matt here. I can never get his name right. <laughs> well, it's par- partly it's you, partly it's me. But yeah, Grimbor the Chainsman. There we go. We could also just call him Grimbor, but I want to make you say Chainsman. Yeah, we got to make sure we understand yeah. that he has the chains. He's the one that ties yeah, yeah. people up with the chains. He's he's the fetish villain. We, yeah. we need to know that. <laughs> so, Matt, did you have any thoughts on finally seeing the Legion's funder, uh, who's a Texan, although in the comics he's Quebecois, the star maker, R.J. Brand? It's kind of underwhelmed, Bob. Yep, yep. He's that way in the comics, too, bro. He's that way in the comics, too. I gotta ask you, uh, I mean, did he, did he have sex with a chameleon? Is that how they... Well, in the comics, he is a, he is a Durlin-like chameleon, Nepo. Uh, so he, yeah, there's also very complicated time travel stuff with him having been in, uh, the, the 20th century, although not on earth out in space, uh, and hanging out with, uh, Brainiac too. Um, so honestly, the, the details already escaped me. (laughs) Wow. This, this man, I mean, he's very boring to look at. I just don't understand how we got chameleon Nepo from him. Well, I think he was created in an era where the assumption was just there always had to be a millionaire funding the superhero, you know, like so Green out of all, the, all the human looking characters. We'll make sure that his son is the chameleon. <laughs> I, I think, well, I think I think the idea that he was chameleon boy's father was not introduced to the late 70s, if I remember correctly. OK. So he, he was introduced, I think, in the 60s. So um, it's like a retroactive type thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a retcon. And then they made further retcons to make him more sort of interesting. Okay. His accent yeah. did not make him very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's, again, not an interesting character. I, I, I think he's very dispensable. Um, did I was gonna ask Matt? Uh, you see Cosmic Boy and Lightning Lad on the Starliner. They got bunk beds. Did you get lower deck vibes? Yeah, I mean they did look like the 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 bunk beds. They were going for Titanic though. That's what they were going for. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. They they're down in the low class, the steerage, as opposed to brand. And did you have any thoughts on that Saturn Girl's Sherlock Holmes routine? I mean, I'm down with it. Is she like a sleuth in the comics or anything? Is she the no? Really, weirdly, Chameleon Nepo uh, tends to more be the detective and the espionage guy in the comics. You know, for kind of obvious reasons. Well, a couple of good lines this uh, this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Superboy X being very confused by the three founders' relationship, asking Brainiac, "Wait, they're friends again?" This episode, Bob, 
it was okay. I, I, I don't know. I may, I think I'm just prequeled out altogether in my whole life. Like I don't have enough prequels. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the Legion, but the their or their secret origin and RJ Brand is some of the least interesting stuff about them. So yeah, it's so weird. Like I just, I just don't. I mean, the, the episode had some action in it. Yeah, they got some some fighting in, and you got to see the Legion use other powers and. You know the, the three main the three main uh, what are you with the founder the founders yeah the founders yeah the founders right? yeah 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 you see the three founders they kind of have their you know powers on display here but it's that's really all it is just, yeah yeah and I think the fact that they waited till literally this is what the anti penultimate episode no it's the anti anti penultimate episode of the show like the fact that they waited this long to show the the origin means you don't need to show the origin. <laughs> Yeah, this would have been a better episode, I think, in season one, at least for me, as someone who knew nothing about the Legion. It would have been better in season one, and it would have been less of a distraction from the uh, Imperiax plot, but also you just don't ever, like, it's just not needed, you know? Now I know how they're funded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you, you know about their organizational structure and their funding structure. Good job, uh, guys. The one, thi- the one thing that, to me, other than just the personality stuff, and, uh, you know, it is nice to see a sat- more Saturn Girl since she's been way way underused this uh, season but the one thing that was nice to me uh you do get to see those silver age legion costumes especially on like lightning lad phantom girl and triplicate girl what, what did you think of those very silver age costumes they, they stood out Pr- prior to this that's really the outfits i've seen them in mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that those kind of 60s look the whole 60s outfits and I think the most we saw of the Legion was like the Archie Legion in the early '90s, around yeah. Zero Hour, when they were when they when that was started. And although it's not exactly the same, it's a very similar, like bright colored aesthetic to those. Right, but they are kind of basic, though. You know, nothing yeah, really yeah. special about them. They're primal. They're essential. Not in, their, <laughs> in a good way, not in a bad way. I know you're using basic in a pejorative way. <laughs> they're they're the prime of the character. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, who was your non-Superboy Legionnaire of the Week? Well, I was going to give it to Saturn Girl because, quite frankly, I've met my Lightning Lag quota for the season, and Cosmic Boy is kind of OP and a bit lame at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's because Cosmic Boy has always kind of sucked. Uh, and, yeah, I'd, like I said, it's good to see her again. I've missed her as well. So let's both give it to Saturn Girl. Matt, um, I'm uh, not going to make you uh, read a plot for Subspace Rhapsody because what's the point? It's the musical episode. Yeah, Bob, it was a musical episode. Very divisive. Very divisive for very stupid reasons. I, I guess to start off, I, I didn't really process this until the previously on threw it in my face. Uh, but man, there's a lot of romance on this ship. We've got Pike and Battelle. We've got Noonie and Singh and Kirk. We've got Spock and Chapel. We've got Boimler in number one. Yeah, yeah, but Boimler's not in this one. Yeah. <laughs> And I really did like number one, literally smelling the horniness on Nuni and Singh. That was great. Yeah, this reminded me of a scene between Kira and Dax in one of the earlier seasons of DS9. I could not for the life of me remember specifically which dude they were talking about. I'm going to frustrate you by saying you, I also vaguely remember this scene, but yeah, I can't place it at all. <laughs> and I so, mainly remember it because I made fun of it on our podcast episode, <laughs> our coverage of the episode, because I was like, they have a little girl talk, you know. Well, maybe if you uh, search through our notes folder with girl talk, you will uh, find the uh, you will find the notes for the episode in question. But Bob, um, I know that after watching the Barbie movie last night, I shouldn't be talking like that. Uh, 
So Matt, uh, how did you like Barbie? The Barbies do nine or not nine eleven? How did you like the the Barbies do January sixth? It was it was okay, Bob. It, it had a lot of different messages going on. A lot are, of different messages. Are you t- are you telling me a a, a, mo- a movie made from pre existing IP was ideologically incoherent? No, no. Yes, very incoherent. <laughs> no. Like I needed a notebook to like write down like what. I don't know. Yeah, it, there was too much going on in this film. Well, Matt, I have to ask on behalf of our listeners: When are you going to put the out the forty-three minute solo episode of you destroying the Barbie video on our feed? I, I'm not destroying the Barbie. But it had it had very good points. I mean, I'm not saying that it was like uh, you know. No, no, I'm just I'm just saying you're going to become Ben Shapiro, man. That's what's going to happen. No, here. I don't, no, I'm not. <laughs> Shapiro, fuck you. <laughs> uh, speaking of lame dudes matt do you remember roger corby from the original series strangely bob i do know this guy i oh, didn't know well, how do you know this man how star trek encyclopedia ah that's that's good that's good. you know i knew nothing so, about nurse chapel then i got that encyclopedia and was like i'm gonna look up what nurse chapel did oh okay roger corby yeah yeah so he he was uh, Chapel's fiance and missing, and then in one of the earlier episodes of the original series, I want to say Dagger of the Mind, but maybe it's What Are Little Children Made Of, or maybe it's a different one. But in one of the early episodes of the original series, uh, they find him. He doesn't survive them finding him, blah, blah, blah. But they they play it as that's the reason she signs up to be on the Enterprise, is to, she thinks there's you know a better chance that the Enterprise might find, find him than any other way. She wants to get in Spock's pants. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this uh, this episode, like, pretty does well put the Spock Chapel thing to bed if if they want to. And you know, is that because he's the ex? I'm the ex. Yeah, yeah, and he's you can just ex. have. You can just have the uh, the strange tension and longing between them in the original series, and you know, just know it's from that time when he broke, uh, she broke up with him in a musical number on the bar that the ship used to have. It's because he's the ex. Yeah, I got it, Matt. I got it. You can stop saying it. <laughs> so, Matt, uh, one of my favorite points to bring up from season one, which you were alternatively, I would say, dismissive and rude about. Was that there might be a connection between the navigator named Jenna Mitchell and, uh, you know, the famous character from the second pilot of Star Trek, Gary Mitchell, who gets godlike powers and is Kirk's friend from way back. Uh, Kirk being on the bridge of the Enterprise, uh, this episode really brought up that possibility, but it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, people have opinions on this, Bob, and they're not as positive as yours. They, They don't want that one person to be Gary Mitchell. I, I don't know why either. Like I, I personally don't give a rat's ass, but most some people do. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess I could sort of see because it is one of the best episodes of the original series. Right. And they don't. They don't want them to be retreading on it. But I, on the other hand, it's just like who cares? It's a you know, it's a one-off episode. I'm sure if Strange New Worlds or the you know if they do do the the you know the remade original series i'm sure it'll be good like you know what's why why are people so worried bob yes matt so is it time to talk about the genre no bob no bob what if jenna mitchell transitions Uh into gary mitchell oh that'd be cool see cool see i got this yeah yeah no that i yeah i mean i i think most of the people who are upset by the possibility would probably be even more upset by that possibility most likely Uh, yes but i think it'd be kind of cool 
uh, to hell with those people. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, I assume, like most straight men, you're not a fan of musicals. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, Bob. I wouldn't be kind of dead watching a musical. I'd much rather, you know, be banging chicks and lifting weights, bro. Yeah, this bit would be a lot more convincing if you'd saved the reveal that you went to Barbie last night until after you <laughs> Yeah, this is going to sound weirdly specific, Bob, but I like specifically musical adaptations, like the Star Trek okay. thing here, of existing okay. properties. I liked Wicked, The Lion King. There's like a Back to the Future one I want to see that's, that's come out on Broadway. Okay. I don't really care for like original musicals. Does okay. that make sense? So- yeah, that does. That does. So what you're saying is that you were devastated that uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark didn't uh, succeed. That's what you're telling me? Actually, yes, I would have gone to see that. That that sounds actually pretty cool, even though it had, well, it did have, like, <laughs> Bono music, so no, I, maybe not, but still. Yeah, no, okay, okay. I, that's fair. I, that's an interesting take. It also weirdly kind of, like, makes you the polar opposite of the fans complaining about this episode, because their whole mission in life is like, it's oh, it's fine if original musicals exist. Just don't kid it anywhere near anything I like. Where you're like, no, no, bring the musical to things I like. I just don't yeah. like mess with it otherwise. It's just you get a different perspective of the characters. That was the whole point. You got in, you got in even deeper with them through the song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to confess that as a straight man, not a big fan of musicals, but, I, you know, whatever. It's like... It's, you know, there's 20, there's 20 episodes of Strange New Worlds. You know, one hopes there'll be 50 or 100 before they're done. Like, one based on a film genre I don't like doesn't injure me. Oh, that is the opposite of every single person's opinion on, that wants to spew it on the message yeah. boards and the Facebook. <laughs> All of them are like, man, if this was a 26-episode season, I could totally, you know, see this being an episode within it that I probably wouldn't rewatch. But, you know, it's only 10 episodes and they wasted it. They wasted it. <laughs> Screw you guys. Well, this it's a also... a fantastic idea. It was entertaining from start to yeah. finish. Get over it. <laughs> well, it's also like the, the idea that, like, the musical is serious and... Or not serious and Star Trek episodes should be serious. Like, flying in the face of, you know, like, times when McCoy and Spock met the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Or... That time where uh, Rumpelstiltskin came to DS9, <laughs> or that time where Q made the TNG people play uh, Robin Hood in a mysterious forest. Like, yeah, so much of Star Trek is not serious. Like, a musical does nothing to break the immersion. I mean, literally in season one, we had that fantasy episode of Strange New Worlds, which, you know, wasn't an amazing episode, but it was fine and it was very much in a Star Trek tradition. Yeah, there's this like amazing thread on uh, the. I think I guess it's the Star Trek ship posting uh, group mm-hmm. where they're doing exactly what you just did and putting out examples of like episodes of like weird ass things that have happened. And it goes on for like thousands of messages. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from every single aspect of Star Trek. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now that that said not a not a big fan of musicals i'm also just i'm not very musically inclined i don't and i don't really think i'm super qualified to judge this so please don't take anything i'm saying here super seriously and understand that it's offered somewhat provisionally but as i understand it the downside of a musical episode for a show is that it's pretty hard on the cast uh you know who are there because they're actors not singers and i i got to say after this episode although i did enjoy it I, I do get the impression that the Strange New World cast, not good at singing. 
A lot of it was auto-tuned, Bob. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But you're right. Most of them, I don't think they could sing very well. I I feel like uh, Noonien Singh, which is pretty cheesy, her last name was Singh. She could sing. Oh. <laughs> Kirk could sing. And uh, Ortegas could sing. All the rest, I, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure Chapel was the same, was the actress actually singing. Oh, interesting, interesting. At least I that's I just my, once again, though, I'm, yeah. I'm prefacing this with my opinion. It's just like you did. Like, I, I don't know. For all I know, they were all singing and it was all fine. There was no autotune. But it just sounded, like there was a lot of autotune. And I don't feel like her voice matched her body at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if some if somebody who knows something about singing uh, wants to you know yell at us on Twitter and defend the quality of singing, I will Please absolutely defer. I will absolutely defer to that. That's fine. I might even retweet you. <laughs> but yeah, you I might. No, Bob, you're yeah. gonna retweet. You're gonna re X. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I will say, Matt, we we've established this on the show before. Uh, Star Trek Discovery sucks. And Strange New Worlds is infinitely better. But I do have to give Discovery credit in this one aspect that in season three, I'm pretty sure it was, they had a, I think it was part two of the Mirror Universe episode, Terra Firma. They had some musical scenes in the Mirror Universe and they were great. They were better than this musical. I, I do have to give Discovery that. Yeah, some of the lyrics in this seem just like they took the regular dialogue and just tried to set it to music. Make it rhyme, yeah. Right, and just didn't come off as, as fun or entertaining, but it's okay. Yeah, cause... yeah. But we did get uh, some amazing lines from this episode that I want to share. Um, there's reports of musical outbreaks have come from all decks. That was great. <laughs> um, there was Spock telling in a staff meeting saying that, I doubt we will become bunnies. <laughs> and, and then Kirk kind of foreshadowing uh you know the eventual original series is like mr spock you explained that very well i almost understood it that was definitely my favorite line from this episode yeah it's great stuff it's great stuff another thing i did really enjoy from this episode is like pike getting humiliated with his girlfriend on the bridge and the implicit idea that since nuni and seeing runs over to ahura's board and shuts it off ahura could have stopped that at any point but it didn't <laughs> i think that's really funny you could just tell, too, in Pike's face, he was trying so hard to control what was coming out of his mouth to, like, not embarrass himself. So this is the first time we learn Battelle's first name, right? That is correct, Bob. You better enjoy her now, because guess what? She's going to be dead next episode. Yeah, I, I totally called this, too. As soon as, you know, it's the episode before the finale, and they're talking about, oh, no, they can't do the vacation because she's been called away to a very special assignment. It's like, oh, man, the Gorn are going to eat her alive. She did. Yeah. Also point out, Bob, in our coverage of Strange New Worlds, I pointed this out in the first episode. You did, and I was skeptical. I would say that I I like her a lot less at this point in the show than I did at the start of season two. Like her involvement with the number one thing really left a bad taste in my mouth, and so I uh, I think part of the reason I was reluctant to embrace your prediction was I just didn't want it to happen. But now I don't really care. I do think it's interesting that the show is still basically going to fridge a female character for Pike's motivation because that's kind of a big no-no in, like, woke writing. Right. But on the other hand, who cares? You've got plenty of great women characters on the show. Like, you can kill her off. It's fine. Yeah, like, this, oh, this, show's, this show's Barbie in space, Bob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. 
So Matt, I um I want Strange New Worlds to go literally forever, but it would have been hilarious if this was the last episode because the fleet was like so pissed with Pike for infecting them with the musical anomaly and that they just replaced him with Kirk immediately since Kirk is already on the ship. Yeah, the same type of thought came to my mind, Bob, uh, once the fleet was involved. Because if you look at this season alone, look at all the bad shit that Pike has done that has affected all of Starfleet. <laughs> he blows up that whole oil rig thing. I like to believe they would have let that one happen, though. Okay, his his first his first officer steals the, uh, the prize. ship in the in the pilot, and, and then you have the trial, and then the trial. You ha- yeah, he loses. He he gets an important diplomat killed on his ship. Yep, and then this. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a very good uh, track record, Bob. So. Yeah, yeah. It would just that would be a really funny way to transition. What if okay, from, Bob, you want to hear this is some dark shit. What yeah, if they kick Pike off the ship because of all this, put Kirk in charge, and then Kirk accidentally uh, gets his girl gets uh, Pike's girlfriend killed? Yeah, yeah, that that would be funny if like you like had Kirk replace Pike for a while and like then you temporarily have Pike yeah. get it back. Yeah, get it back from Kirk. And it would be very kind of similar to what they did in like season two of Discovery, right? Which is sort of the zero season for the show. Yeah, I That's funny. I, I like that idea. But speaking of uh, Kirk, Sorry, Bob, let's... let's talk about his on-again, off-again romance with Carol Marcus. <laughs> yeah, did you uh, like the references to Carol Marcus in this episode, Matt? I was okay with it. It made sense. But they did say that she's pregnant with David. And the math, I think, does work out correctly. That would put David at 25 years old during the time of Rathacon. Okay, so you did look up the dates. I looked up the dates and I did the math. 25 years. You did the math. Uh, you, got, you got out Carol Marcus's fertility calendar and you were checking it. I carried um, I carried the one when I needed to. It was, it was good. One of the reasons I was just distracted was I'd forgotten to look up the dates this morning. And so I was looking them up now. So... The cage uh, is 2254, the f- first pilot of the original series. We're five years after that in this episode. It's set in 2259. And then where no man has gone before, the first uh, the first episode where Kirk's in command of the Enterprise is 2265. So six years after this episode. And then what is the Wrath of Khan date? Bob's checking that math. Bob's... The, the Wrath of Khan date is 2285, so that would, yeah, that would make David, like, like 26 or 27. Motherfucker, it was 25 when I did it. <laughs> well, I mean, you might be right, because he might be, she's pregnant in 2259, she might give birth yeah. in 2260. I guess the real question here is, though, does it, does this negatively affect Kirk's character that he knows and that he pretended that he didn't know in Wrath of Khan. Because isn't that how he goes? He acts like he doesn't know that he had a son in Wrath of Khan. Yeah, but I'm sure there's going to be an explanation for that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some, uh, there's a Vulcan mind wipe or something. There's, there's some shit that's going to happen. Between Matt, do you, know how they, do you know how they got the date for um, when, when the first episode of the original series was? No. So the first season of the original series takes place in 2266 
and they got that by just adding 300 years to 1966, the year oh. Star Trek premiered. So it's not, it's not really that scientific. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, I I don't I don't think we actually get a confirmed date until the neutral zone, uh, which is the season one finale of Next Gen, where it, they confirm it to the people who wake up out of the cry of sleep that it's twenty three sixty four. Uh, though clearly they're thinking it's been you know it's been th- roughly three hundred you know Star Trek is roughly three hundred years after its premiere, and Next Gen is roughly a hundred years after the original series. But yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool. That was pretty. So Bob, let's, let's, there's one scene in this one one scene that sticks out. Is that the scene where we see dishonor, Matt? That's right, Bob. We see some Klingon dishonor. My opinion is, if that scene would not have been in this episode, I don't think it would have got as many positive reviews. <laughs> I really do. The, I, think, uh, I think that was what kind of made people go, oh, "That's hilarious," and it kind of made him stop thinking about some of the some of the music wasn't that great. Some of it was good, you know. Like the, the, I think it just yeah. made him shift. I, none, none, none of it was good. None of the music was good, but the performances were amusing. I think it made people say like, oh, this is funny. This is okay. Yeah, yeah. But did you realize that that Klingon was actually Bruce Horak, Bob? I had no idea, Matt. I had no idea. That's very funny. Yeah, so he came back again. So I, I wonder, are they just going to keep bringing him back in more and more elaborate makeup? Is that going to be the joke? Or... Could this Klingon general be like a reoccurring antagonist in like season three? I think that he's just going to keep bringing him back in different makeup. That's going to be the joke. I'm cool with that. That that's that's a that's a kind of that's kind of a good bit. That's a good right, bit. Dude. So we we already said you know we established Battelle is totally going to die next week. Uh, we're going to look like fools if she doesn't, but that's okay because we're not going to look like fools. And, you know, I, I will say uh, the idea of Spock getting wasted with the Klingons to resolve things, I, that's a really funny trope. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, similar with Bruce Horak always showing up in elaborate makeup. I could get down with that. But, Bob, they never mentioned that in TOS. <laughs> it is a little weird that Spock is a weeb for Klingon culture in Strange New Worlds. And he, as far as I can remember, shows no familiarity with it at all in the original series. But what you going to do, Matt? What you going to do? Show so lame, Bob. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of that, Matt, you have yes. a you have a comment for us. All right, Bob. Here's our comment of the week, and let me tell you, I had to scour high and low for a good comment because there were so many like it was just nonstop negative shit or nonstop overly positive shit. There was nothing like that just stood out. And then I saw this one, and I thought, hmm, this this one might be worth was sharing because it was, it just took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Here it goes. I had to mute it every time the singing started and just read the subtitles. God, I hate musicals. This and Ghost of Illyria are on my skip list together now for when I rewatch next summer. Had to skip the entire Chapel Fellowship scene when muting it wasn't enough to stop the secondhand embarrassment. Gonna have to palate cleanse with season one, episode one. Huh. <laughs> Wait. Huh. I mean... I, I, I guess I do appreciate that at least this comment generally comes from a place of enjoying the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's just like... You, just, you, you're, not, you're not in some of the darker Star Trek groups I am where everybody just, like, hates this show intensely for no discernible reason. Yeah, but there was a lot of that, Bob. But I, I wanted to find some specific stuff here. This guy, next summer, he's going to skip this and Ghost of Illyria. He's going to wish he didn't. I mean, I don't know. 
I should I should I should direct message him and let him know that next summer he should totally watch those other two episodes. What's that? <laughs> I'm confused. Like, why does he think the Chapel Fellowship scene is that bad? Does he think it's like awkwardly written? Does he just dislike how ham hand he he thinks it's ham handed how they're setting up? Like, you know, the stuff in the original series. I, I'm I'm a little mystified by that. I mean, even with a muted Bob, it was not enough to stop the secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, I, do, I don't agree with this comment, obviously, but I do think the all the fellowship applications of Chapel this season, maybe not the best use they could have made of her character. Yeah, it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not 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 my favorite, especially like, you know, I like I like it best when she and Mabinga are just kind of like doing gleeful, mad medical science, you know? Oh, and that's that's another one, Bob. That's another thing. People and their confusion thinking Mabinga and Nurse Chapel are somehow in love. What? Yes. There have been there were some comments as well that mentioned that. And I was like, no, that was not the point of their song when they were singing together. It's that they share this camaraderie from when they were in combat together. And yeah. apparently Nurse Chapel watched him stab that uh, ambassador. That's yeah, yeah she did. We saw that last uh, last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, like they're friends. Like you can be friends with right. a member of the opposite sex. I've it's possible. Just, it's blown my mind. Some of the things that I've read, but you know, in the same ways that as a, a straight man can be friends with a gay man, it's just like <laughs> these things are possible. It's like possible. Not, every, not every relationship is imbued with uh, deep sexual tension. It's possible, Bob. Oh. Jesus Christ. All right, favorite song. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite song, Matt? Connect to your truth. Matt, I gotta be honest, I don't remember any of the song titles. Which one is that? That is the one with Kirk and number one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, talking about command styles. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, again, Matt, I like this episode. Uh, as far as I can tell, all the songs sucked, but I guess the Klingon <laughs> one made me laugh the most, so I'll go with the Klingon one. Why are you only calling us when you got your dramas? One of these days when we'll pay you, we'll stay you. All right, Bob, singer of the week, I go with Kirk because you're not going to tell me what the Klingon one was called, Matt. I don't, I oh, I actually, I don't think it had a, I, I think it was part of one of the oh, other songs, so I don't oh, remember what the name is. Sorry, we'll just call it the Klingon K pop song. I'm really just calling out like a verse or a bridge, in, yes, basically. In, in another song. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I, I failed everyone. It's all right, Bob. <laughs> But my singer of the week, Bob, goes to Kirk because he never tried to do the William Shatner singing thing, which I appreciate. Thank you. Uh, what is the William Shatner singing thing? I miss my wine. You know how, like, he did all those commercials for uh, his Priceline negotiator oh, shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And he's just singing karaoke all the time. And did the he did Rocket Man back in the seventies? Like he was like, but he doesn't he just kind of do it like in a spoken word scat kind of way? Yes. Okay. I'm just thankful Kirk or the Kirk here actually decided to sing and not do some weird. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree with you in saying him doing like a halting scat style would have actually been pretty funny. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the further he separates himself from Shatner, the better. I mean, yeah, maybe it's given that he's doing a good job of not doing a Shatner impersonation. And, you know, I've talked in other episodes about why a Shatner impersonation would not be desirable. Right. Maybe, maybe it's best he just steer clear of that. So, Matt, I was kind of surprised that you uh, excluded her from your list of the ones you thought were, quote, good singers earlier. But I, I don't know. I thought number one, like, put the most emotion into it of any of them. I think number one had the most struggle. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this is why our opinions on this matter can't be trusted. <laughs> I like Rebecca Romaine, and I, I like the song she sang. It just, I, I felt like she was really having some trouble. But it's okay. Not everybody can sing. I can't sing. I don't know. I just, I just felt like she, she. I didn't, th- I didn't feel like anybody was technically good, but I felt like she conveyed more emotion than like Pike or Chapel or Ortegas. I don't well, know. the most the, the the most awkward one was Mabinga because he was he did not sing he did not want to sing which they specifically like have him say like in the conference <laughs> room like he's like I don't sing yeah. <laughs> he's like I, I I I get amped up on space meth and do spec ops I don't yeah. sing oh <laughs> well, speaking so, of that uh, well, speaking of, of stereotypes yeah yeah people are starting to say that we now have a uh, Noonien Singh torture episode. Every couple of, every few episodes, just like we did with O'Brien. <laughs> She's become the new O'Brien. I, I don't think that's fair because I think the essence of the O'Brien torture episode is that it has to be an utterly awful thing that's never mentioned again. Oh. Whereas with Noonie and seeing it's more ongoing, right? Like she's still tormented by the loss of, uh, by the loss of Kirk, or she's still tormented by her heritage, or she's still tormented by, um, you know, fears of her heritage. And so it's too ongoing. Like, to be a true O'Brien torture episode, it needs to be the worst thing ever and then just totally dropped. We need more episodes, guys. That's what we need. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 would, lo- I would love a, a 25-episode Strange New World series, although I, do, I would have some fears that that would dilute it too much. All right, Bob. Episode of the week was obviously the musical episode. Yeah, I mean, I you know I've talked a lot of crap about musicals, but they're definitely better than prequels. We can all agree on that. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been our penultimate episode of Legion of Superheroes versus Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Join us next week for our coverage of the finale of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Join us after that for our recap of Strange New World season two. For us wrapping up the last three episodes of the Legion and for our, our wrapping up of our Legion coverage for now. Uh, this has been uncanny treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>